Hi, my name is Pamela Coons, Associate Professor of Medicine in the Division of Oncology at Yale School of Medicine and Yale Cancer Center. I'm excited to announce ASCO's new open access journal, JCO Oncology Advances. As the inaugural editor-in-chief, I hope to support JCO Oncology Advances to become the premier platform to bridge the gap between accessible scientific research and clinical care. Stay tuned for more information, including new article types, at ascopubs.org forward slash JCO Oncology Advances. We look forward to seeing your submissions in spring of 2024. This JCO podcast provides observations and commentary on the JCO article, Low-Stage Ovarian Clear Cell Carcinoma, Population-Based Outcomes in British Columbia, Canada, with Evidence for a Survival Benefit Due to Irradiation, by Paul James Hoskins et al. My name is Martin Gore. I am Professor of Cancer Medicine at the Royal Marsden Hospital and Institute of Cancer Research in London, United Kingdom. My oncologic specialties are ovarian cancer, kidney cancer, and melanoma. The most important publications are not necessarily those that report a large randomized trial which gives us a definitive answer to a particular therapeutic question. Sometimes, a more reflective paper that presents inconclusive and retrospective data can be just as important. The communication from Paul Hoskins and his colleagues is such an example. Patients with early-stage serous ovarian cancer present less of a conundrum than those with clear cell tumors. After all, serous tumors are platinum sensitive, and although the data are not absolutely watertight as to who to treat, when, how, and with what, the bottom line is that this subtype responds to chemotherapy. So if maximal therapy is either desirable, desired, or both, then the decision is easy. Give postoperative adjuvant platinum-based chemotherapy. Patients with early clear cell ovarian cancer can trigger a therapeutic knee-jerk reaction. These patients have a poorer prognosis subtype for subtype, so surely reaching for the chemotherapy prescription pad is justified. Hoskins' paper tells us to stop and think and remember data from advanced disease showing that chemotherapy is not that effective. Essentially, clear cell cell ovarian cancer is a chemo-resistant tumor. My own group some years ago published in JCO the outcome of treatment with platinum-based chemotherapy in patients with relapsed, previously untreated stage 1 disease, a cohort who had not received adjuvant chemotherapy. A quarter of patients were were salvaged, with the exception of those with clear cell histology, over 90% of whom either did not respond to chemotherapy or had disease progression within one year. One could ask, what is the point of dissecting out the data to determine which patients with early clear cell tumors are at high risk of relapse? If the data suggests that this histological subtype is chemo-resistant, then adjuvant therapy is likely to be futile. This is a rather negative view, but not one completely devoid uh, of supporting data. 
The report from British Columbia has a special significance because two important issues are highlighted. The first is the identification of patients who have a particularly poor outcome, namely those with cytologically positive ascites or washings plus surface tumour. The second issue which caught my attention was the discussion around the role of radiotherapy for patients with stage 1 clear cell cancer. The word radiotherapy in this context is like the name of a wicked uncle who has spent time at Her Majesty's pleasure in one of her penal institutions for some unspeakable act of criminality. The name must only be spoken in hushed tones and certainly not in polite society. The use of radiotherapy for patients with stage 1, stage 2, and indeed also good prognosis stage 3 epithelial ovarian cancer was the stuff of furious debate during the 1980s and early 90s. Hoskins and his colleagues unapologetically resurrect its spectre and produce intriguing data and powerful argument, notably that those patients who they have identified as having a poor prognosis may benefit from whole abdominopelvic irradiation. The highlight of Hoskins' paper is, however, not the analysis or its interpretation, but the hypothesis that it is the pelvic component of the whole abdominopelvic irradiation that may explain its benefit. They cite dose as a possible explanation for this revisionist view of pelvic radiotherapy. This is particularly intriguing as it reignites the arguments of yesteryear that eschewed this approach because of the salomic nature of ovarian cancer. However, the data are the data, and the team from British Columbia produce a clear, hypothesis-generating and thought-provoking paper. The authors end on an optimistic note, pointing to a perhaps more encouraging future for patients with clear cell tumors with the, re with the arrival of the molecular cavalry. We will develop increasingly specific targeted agents that may make a difference to our patients with clear cell histology as the molecular basis for this, type, for this subtype of ovarian cancer is better characterized. We have entered an era where we are now starting to obtain the molecular evidence that ovarian cancer is a term to describe a number of different diseases that simply inhabit the same organ. These cancers will have different indications for treatment and the treatments themselves uh, will not be the same. Strategies for the management of the early stage of these diseases will be very difficult to define because the numbers in each patient group will be even smaller than they are now as we molecularly characterize tumors into ever more refined subtypes. It is easy to criticize reports such as this one from Hoskins and colleagues on the grounds of small numbers, particularly as the data are inevitably sliced up into ever smaller but clinically relevant groups. But this is reality. Patients don't arrive in our clinics in large, neat, stratified cohorts, particularly those with stage 1 ovarian cancer, where there are so many clinical variables. Burying our heads in the sand and chanting the mantra of small number, numbers in valid analysis leading to a rejection of well-collected and thoughtfully considered data is to abrogate the responsibility we have to our patients. 
those with rarer tumors deserve our attention just as much as the tens of thousands of patients with common cancers who enter clinical trials that are by very definition amenable to analysis by traditional statistical methods. We need to boldly address the difficulty of creating meaningful evidence and treatment algorithms for rare tumors and clinical situations such as early clear cell carcinoma of the ovary. We must urgently find novel trial designs and analytical methods for these circumstances. This concludes this JCO podcast. Thank you for listening. For more original research, editorials, and review articles, please visit us online at jco.org. This production is copyrighted to the American Society of Clinical Oncology. Thank you for listening.